Hello, welcome to the new Dalham History Podcast for all your history revision needs with Gribbin and Howarth. Welcome back, everyone. We hope that the lockdown is going well in your households. Me and Gribbin are meeting again through the magic of teams and recording a podcast uh, digitally. Uh, this is only going to be at risk of computer viruses. I don't know what Gribbin's laptop's like. Uh, old and slow. Old and slow. Oh, so you're <laughs> not like me. <laughs> um, we're going to do a podcast all about the conferences that took place after the Second World War, because we know that after VE Day, you're all desperate to know what happened next, slash we're doing the Cold War in Lessons Year 10, and you probably need us to go over it and talk about it for real. Um, so we're going to look at Tehran, Yalta and Potsdam. In that order, because that's the order that they happened. Chronological. So the conferences start with Tehran, um, and this one happens before the end of the war in November 1943, um, with the three members of the Grand Alliance formed between the USA, the Soviet Union and Britain. Um, and they're called the Grand Alliance because um, they like to big themselves up and they think they're better than everybody else. And they join forces to defeat Germany and Japan, um, even though they formed an alliance. They're not really friends. No, it's all about the, you've got a shared interest in defeating a shared enemy, isn't it? They don't agree on much other than Nazis are bad. Yeah, it's basically an alliance of convenience in order to defeat the Nazis. And what is agreed at that conference, you've got number one, they're going to open a second front in Western Europe known as Operation Overlord uh, in northern France, and that's going to be done by May 1944. Uh, the USSR is going to support her allies in defeating Japan. They, they start to talk about the future of Germany and maybe setting up a United Nations, and they, they discuss the Baltic states and Poland. But it's all discussion because they need to win the war first. Yeah, so Stalin agrees to go to war against Japan as well, um, and they they make a sort of suggestion that they're going to set up an international organisation after the war. But again, it is all sort of discussion because they're a bit too busy trying to defeat the Nazis. Um, And at this one, you've got um, the three leaders of Roosevelt, Churchill and Stalin. And basically the whole point of this conference is to like finalise how they're going to win the war. What comes next? Uh, The next one is Yalta, which is in February 1945, and you've got the leaders are the same as uh, at the Tehran conference. So you've still got Roosevelt, you've still got Churchill and you've still got Stalin. Um, They had the meeting because um, uh, the Second Front was pushing back German troops towards Berlin um, and the Soviet troops had defeated the German invasion of Russia and were also pushing back the German army. And they wanted to talk about winning the war and how they would run Europe after the war. Just to be clear on the uh, locations as well, um, where the meeting for these conferences is sort of linked to what's happening in the war at the time, isn't it? So Tehran is the capital of Iran, that region that had become relatively safe uh, as the war had turned for the the Germans and Italians that they were able to all get together and meet in the kind of the border of the south of the USSR. By the time you get to Yalta, uh, Yalta is the Crimea, isn't it? So yes, it's, it's yeah. border of the, the USSR. So you, you've moved more into a European region at that point. So I think it's a nice 
kind of coastal place. And then finally, by the time you get to Potsdam, Potsdam's next door to Berlin. That is them meeting literally on the, the doorstep of the, the the enemy. Yeah, so they, they have these three conferences. One's to sort of like strategize for the war. One's near the end, so they, they you know, they're pretty confident that they're going to win and what are they going to do afterwards. And then one is basically settling up what they're going to do now that they've won officially. So, as Gribben was saying, at Yalta, it's um, re-agreeing the borders of Poland. It's uh, definitely Stalin promising to declare war on Japan within two or three months uh, of the war in Europe ending. Definitely going to have United Nations to replace the League of Nations. uh, And they're going to have a meeting in San Francisco in April 1945. And the fact that Germany does definitely need to be denazified. Yeah, so the Nazi party will be banned and Nazis who were caught would be tried as war criminals. Um, they also decide at this one that Germany is going to pay $20 billion uh, in reparations, um, half of which are going to go to the Soviet Union as it had suffered the most. Yeah. Having been invaded. Um, they also agreed to free elections in uh, Poland, uh, which Roosevelt and um, Churchill were pretty pleased about. It's a success. I think it, it can be agreed. Yalta as a conference is a massive success. It, they, they achieved lots of the things that they were looking to, to achieve. Yeah, and whether that's because they're still fighting together or um, whatever it is, that actually they do come to more agreements at Yalta than they do, and more practical agreements that are then put into place than they yeah. do at Tehran or Potsdam. So, speaking of Potsdam, July 1945, the, the war is... Is over. Yeah, he pretty much. Happened. Um, and they have the meeting because Germany surrendered, uh, and they need to finalise their agreement on how to run Europe. But it's a little bit more difficult this time around because uh, Roosevelt's dead, and he's yeah. been replaced by Truman, um, and Churchill has lost an election uh, and been replaced by Clement Attlee. So there's three. Um, well, there's two new leaders, but three leaders that haven't really worked together before. And that is, I think, to the advantage of Stalin. Stalin has been present at all of the conferences. Uh, he understands how the ebb and flow of the discussions have gone, and he can take a real lead in, in pushing for what he wants. The other two are new to the table and reacting a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, so Stalin wants to make sure that the Soviet Union remains powerful, Truman wants to have peace in Europe, but wants to prevent communism spreading. So they're sort of like contradicting each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, Attlee basically wants to finish the conferences, um, come to some sort of agreements and get back to Britain as quickly as possible. He's got an NHS to set up. Yeah. (laughs) He should protect that NHS. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was different from some of the earlier conferences for a couple of reasons. Again, the different leaders, so Stalin being more experienced, it's harder for Truman and Attlee to get their way because Stalin's got more knowledge about it. Um, The USA had also built the atomic bomb, which it Mm -hmm. tested at the start of the conference. Um, This meant that um, Stalin and the Soviet Union didn't trust the USA and was um, sort of jealous of their development of this atomic weapon. Exactly. Um, okay, so what was agreed at Potsdam? 
Germany, they agree on a zonal division of Germany, uh, it's known as the Potsdam Protocol on Germany. No agreement is reached over reparations. Russia still wants its $20 billion, but the West rejects it. And Russia's kind of left to take what it can out of its zone of occupation that the country is divided into a British, Soviet, US and French occupation zones. Um, the idea being as well that Berlin will be divided uh, within that too, as it's the capital city. Eastern Europe, the West are shocked by what's happened in Eastern Europe. I don't know why they're shocked, but it turns out that as the Russians liberate countries, they leave governments in, in situ. It, it makes sense from the Eastern perspective. You can't just leave a country without a government until the uh, conference takes place. But for the West, it looks as though these um, pro-Soviet governments are are in place to stay in, and that is the way it pans out. Um, the West claims Stalin didn't follow the spirit of the Declaration of Liberated Europe uh, in doing that. Um, Vietnam and Korea as well. Um, Churchill and Roosevelt had said that Japan would be expelled from all the territories and Korea should be free and independent. And at Potsdam, it's confirmed by the USSR, Britain and America uh, to to say that these uh, places should be independent, which later on in the Cold War, the fact that these countries are independent becomes uh, another battleground for the Cold War itself. Absolutely. And this is the, probably the, uh, the conference that, in theory, you'd think they'd agree, they'd make more agreements in because it's the end of the war and they're, they're settling everything up. But actually, they're disagreed on some of the biggest things. And like you said, you know, um, Truman wants the, the Red Army to leave Eastern European countries because they're basically being occupied. So they've claimed that they've freed them from Nazi Germany um, and then they're basically just replacing the Nazi soldiers with uh, Soviet um, Communist Red Army soldiers. Um, and they're not really particularly happy that the Soviet Union is going to keep land in Poland because, well, it goes against the whole idea of free um, and independent nations, isn't it? Exactly. I'm trying to remember, what do we do now? Uh, is it, have we got two trees, one lie? Yes, I've just opened up the podcast plan. (laughs) Two truths, one lie. Okay, so this week I've got two truths and a lie to tell um, Mr. Howarth. Uh, I wrote them down last week and I'm just looking at them now thinking, trying to figure out which one's the lie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a good sign. Okay, I think I've got it right. So I'm going to tell uh, Mr. Howarth um, three facts about the post-war conferences. He's going to pick which one is the lie um, and try and uh, outsmart me. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, number one. Churchill's idea of an Allied invasion through the Balkans, thereby preventing the Red Army from taking over Eastern Europe, was rejected at Tehran, partly because Roosevelt tended to side with Stalin. Number two, at Yalta, Stalin and Churchill apparently enjoyed a warm relationship, and as a result, Roosevelt felt isolated for most of the conference. That does ring a bell, and it fits into everything I think of when I picture Boris, I mean Winston. (laughs) Um, Finally, number three, um, at Potsdam, all three leaders agreed to re-establish democracy in Germany, including free elections, a free press, and freedom of speech. Oh, see, I definitely think number two is true. 
I'd reject anything Churchill suggested in terms of uh, actions in the Baltic after Gallipoli. Uh, uh, yeah. Kids, look it up. It makes sense. Don't attack a cliff. It turns out the people at the top do better than you do at the bottom. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that three is the lie because I can't imagine that Russia would agree to democracy. Uh, you are wrong. Oh. Number two is the lie. It wasn't it wasn't Stalin and Churchill that apparently enjoyed a warm relationship. It was Stalin and Roosevelt. Oh. So Churchill often felt isolated for most of the conference. Um, <laughs> they did reject Churchill's idea of an allied invasion through the Balkans because it's dumb. Um, <laughs> um, I know. Let's solve the uh, problem of the Red Army invading by invading. <laughs> Um, and at Potsdam, they did all, in theory, agree to re-establish democracy in Germany. And then Stalin just basically ignored it when he uh, took his zone. And did his own thing. Uh, makes sense. Well done, Grimmie. They, they were good. They were good. Yeah, they were good. Tech, 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 technique time. Oh yeah. Okay, I've got um I've got an exam style question here in front of me that we can do. Go for it. It says explain two consequences of the decisions made by the Grand Alliance at the Yalta conference in February 1945. Key word in that question is consequences. Don't talk about the events, talk about the repercussions. Well, yeah. So, um my consequence I would go for um I'm going to go for Germany being split into four zones. So although that was finalised at Potsdam, um, it was decided at Yalta. So mm-hmm. my consequence would be um, one consequence of the Yalta conference in 1945 was that the Allied uh, powers decided that Germany would be split into four zones, each run by one of the Allies, Britain, France, the USA and the Soviet Union. This meant that each um, nation could make decisions on what happened in their zone independently um, and could take control of any resources in that area that they decided they wanted. It also had long-term implications for Germany because it became a sort of centre of the Cold War um, and eventually led to um, the Berlin Crisis of 1948-49 and the building of the Berlin Wall. Oh, what a consequence. I, I mean, you'd need two, wouldn't you? Yeah. So my second consequence in that case would be the decisions made over Eastern Europe. Uh, Poland was moved 300 kilometres to the west and a compromise was reached over the future government as Stalin promised that members of the London government, who were pro-Western and based in London during the war, would join with the Lublin government, which was pro-Soviet. That's mad, isn't it, that they just went, yeah, yeah, we'll just move uh, Poland 300 kilometres, it's fine. Yeah, you could do that <laughs> then. Borders were... were transient and unfixed it makes me think of it that they literally went and like picked poland up and like <laughs> shuffled it along 300 kilometers like a spade of soil just uh, uh, i'm there <laughs> yeah like oh 300 kilometers quite far though that's like from lancaster to birmingham Is yeah that long? yeah that'd be about right wouldn't it that's quite that's a way nice. When you think that that is changing the nationality of other people in between. But this is what had caused the Second World War to a certain extent, wasn't it? The Polish corridor that had been granted to them for access to the sea, the Germans didn't like that because they were German-speaking people living in the area. 
Yeah, and it still goes on throughout the Cold War, doesn't it? I actually, um, yeah, there's lots of interesting things about um, how borders were moved and people, uh, you know, were moved out of their native homes. That's part of the reason that you get that, you know, the the mass emigration or the brain drain in the in the Berlin Wall as well. It really is, yeah. The, the, the differences between Eastern and Western Germans goes way back to the Roman period, kids. It's a topic well worth researching while you're looking for... Just <laughs> to kill time. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, it's where else should I go? Where else can I go? Ah, okay. Well, um, that's a good question. Where else should you go? I mean, there's there's always, as we bang on about in every single Cold War podcast, the CNN documentary on um, YouTube that we set you for some of uh, set year ten for some of their isolation virtual school work. Indeed, my my class have commented on the fact that they are quite long. They are the the forty odd minute long episodes, but they're so detailed. They give you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to go wider into the Cold War and the sort of disagreements, I'm actually watching um, a series on Vietnam at the moment on Netflix. You were there, man. You were there. It's very very interesting. Puts the Cold War into context. It's not directly related to this, but it is. <coughs> you could see it as a consequence of all these. Uh, conferences if you wanted the online there are some virtual tours of the uh, cities involved i've just had a little nosy on google maps so you can visit tehran yalta and potsdam and get a real feel for for where stalin once rested his military garb um also there's a nice um website called future learn that's got lots of uh, different courses that you could like online courses that you can um, sign up to for free and you basically just click through them and some of them are videos some of them are articles and it's like gives you you know a tick list of everything that you've done um, but there's a couple on the cold war actually that uh, are on there and the lrc when we get back to school kids when you're listening to this and we're not in lockdown anymore there's plenty of stuff on the Cold War because we teach it for IB. I hope you've been listening to Year 12. Um, that there's plenty of materials on these topics at a higher level if you want to find out more. There you go. Joke time. Joke time. Well, I've got two. Oh, have you? I've not got really got anything. <laughs> I've got I've got two good ones. Okay, you you take the lead on the jokes. Ready, let's go. Okay. So, Roosevelt, Churchill and Stalin are taking a coffee break in Yalta. (laughs) (laughs) One second. Hello? (laughs) I'm recording the end of a podcast, darling. It's okay. I've been two more minutes. I'm back. Right. Roosevelt, Churchill and Stalin are taking a coffee break in Yalta. Churchill takes out a small black notebook and starts writing something down. Taking notes, Roosevelt asks. No, Churchill says. I heard a new political joke about myself this morning. I collect all jokes about myself. I've already uh, over a hundred in this notebook. How funny, Stalin says. I collect all jokes about myself too. Oh, really? Churchill says. So how many have you got? Three prison camps so far. <laughs> oh, that's quite good. The second one's about Potsdam. Okay. The leaders of the big three after the conference in Potsdam. 
After World War II in 1945, the leaders of the big three, Truman, Attlee and Stalin, met in Potsdam for a conference to decide the fate of the world. After the conference, they wanted to have some fun. They decided to try and make the Persian cat in the residence eat mustard. Atlee started first. He took a silver spoon with some mustard and tried his best to feed the cat but failed. You British don't understand. It should be done with democracy, said Truman. He took some chicken and put some mustard on it. The cat sniffed it for a moment but walked away with no interest in the food he offered. Without any hesitation, Stalin took the cat and started to spread mustard on the fluffy tail. The cat started meowing loudly and licked the tail to wash out the mustard. Meowed and licked, meowed and licked. Then Stalin said wisely, that's how we do everything in our country, voluntarily and with a song. <laughs> oh, voluntarily. I like that one. That was good. Good jokes today. Yeah. But don't forget, kids, send us some memes. Memes will get you badges. Have we had any memes yet? I have had no memes yet. Oh. Six and memes. You like memes. <laughs> well, there you go. That's isolation podcast number two. We we will be back again shortly. Sooner than last time. We've had a bit of a gap there because we had the no work week. But we'll, we'll be back on it now. Yeah. Oh, well, it's goodbye from her. A goodbye from him. Bye. Bye.